Hi guys. Hi guys. Welcome to another episode of Kawaii Cast. Kawaii Cast. How many is this now? Uh, what? We were supposed to count? <laughs> uh, I, I, maybe. <laughs> I mean, it it, it might... The- it might come in handy eventually, knowing how much we've done. Like six months into this podcast is the first time you've asked how many episodes we've done. Uh, that's fair. I should really start <laughs> keeping track. So So that's this episode. That's this episode, yeah. Thanks, thanks for, for listening. Yeah. <laughs> we appreciate it, guys. See ya. All right. No, for reals, though. Uh, so... We've been, this has been a subject that we've been meaning to do with Stefan, but Stefan's busy. He, and he's, when he's not busy, we're busy. He's quite busy a lot. And yeah. when, and we are also busy a lot, unfortunately. Yeah. So we figured this would just be a prime time to talk about this subject because we've got uh, two really popular anime that can be used as reference for this subject. And that is what makes an anime funny. Particularly what makes a comedy anime funny. Yes. Yeah. Lots of things. Lots of things. Uh, Timing and setup. Yes. Slapstick. It's a lot of things. Not always slapstick, but sometimes. Even slapstick, it's timing and setup. Okay. (laughs) That's comedy. Thanks for tuning in. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Good job. Yep. Uh, let's go a little bit deeper. <laughs> That's what she said. On that note. Lol. Lol. <laughs> you weeb. All right. On that note, let's uh, let's let's do go a little more into detail. Yeah. So, two anime in particular this year have absolutely kind of captured like what is good comedy. And have both done so in very, very different ways. And I think either one of them could easily take Best Comedy of the Year, and I wouldn't be upset about it. Uh, the first being, of course, Hina Matsuri. Yep. Which, Top quality. Yeah, which I think took me by surprise, because I wasn't expecting it to be a comedy. No, um, it's it's actually really funny, because when I started watching it, you know, I started watching it, what, four or five episodes before I was able to convince you to see it. Yeah. Um, when I started watching it, uh, the the synopsis for, like, the first episode sounded so different than what the actual show was like. Yeah. So, you know, it was... It, it's like, oh, uh, mob boss, you know, mafia boss or whatever gets a, uh, you know, girl falls in his lap and, and you know... Yeah, it sounds apartment. like trash. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's like, okay, I will check this out because I am trash. Mm-hmm. And turns out it was just absolutely magic. Yeah, it was it was pure, like, I don't even want to say sitcom comedy, but, like, I think Hina Matsuri is the best example of build-up that I could use when explaining, like, what makes a good comedy. Because Ina Matsuri does something that no other, like, the only other anime I think that even, like, does this level of build-up isn't even a comedy, and that's Mob Psycho 100. Alright. But I would put those two on the same level, which is saying something, because Mob Psycho has some of the best build-up in anime in general. 
Like, so a good example of, like, how Hinamatsuri does this, uh, probably one of my favorite episodes, is when the mob boss finds out that uh, Hina is going to be leaving. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, immediately we get into that anime trope of, like, you know, he's super choked up, he can't even, like, look her in the it's, eye. It's all really emotional. He says, you know, like, anytime she talks to him, he's just like, yeah, okay, you know, like, won't even look at her while he talks. Uh, seriously, just, like, way too choked up to even talk. And so the whole time she's realizing that, you know, the two of them have been together for so long and they've had this very father-daughter relationship that it must be really, really hard for him to, you know, be letting her go. And so, you know, she says all of her goodbyes and then she goes to leave and finds out that she can't because the pod that she came in was damaged. So the woman who... It got run through the washer. Yep. <laughs> so the woman who was taking her back is like, all right, well, it'll be a couple weeks before we could get a replacement. So you could go ahead and go home for now. So she gets super excited. She, you know, heads straight back to the apartment. And she's like, I'm not even going to ring the bell. I'm just going to surprise him. I'm just going to walk in and surprise him. And it's going to be fantastic. He's going to be so He's going to be so happy to see me. And she walks in. And what she walks in on is him having a surprise party... <laughs> For, for the fact that yeah, for the fact that she's gone. Yeah, he's like caught mid bottle opening of a bottle of champagne, <laughs> and he's just like staring at her like, shit. The best part about it is in any normal like anime trope, she would be like, super pissed off or like storm out or make him chase after her. She doesn't. She's just like, wow, rude. Yeah. <laughs> and his punishment. <laughs> Is the fact that now he has to live with her for another few weeks. <laughs> yeah. And no other anime really takes that much time to build up all of that momentum. And what makes it be even better is the next episode we see the girl who is bringing the replacement pods turns up on a desert island and both her pod and the replacement pod fall into the ocean. So now she's stuck in the present. Yep. Ugh. <laughs> oh. And, and naked, so and naked. She, she, so she then has to fasten herself some sort of clothing out of the island. And she's alone plants. and losing her mind. Yes. <laughs> so what do you do when you're alone and losing your mind? You make friends. Out of a volleyball. Literally no, make friends. Coconuts. Well, yes. It's based off Coconut. the castaway. It's based joke, off castaway, but, but yes. Yeah, she uses coconuts. <laughs> Nuts, butts, coconuts. Yep. Uh, another one of my favorite episodes is the one with the uh, girl who becomes a bartender. Uh, there's one episode where her boss convinces her to move out of her house and get her own apartment. And gets her a lease for a really, really expensive penthouse-style apartment. But it's supposedly she got a really good deal. Yeah. And she won't get another deal like this ever. Like, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. But in order to pay for all the rent and all the bills, she has to work multiple jobs. So her hope is that one of these employer employers are going to catch on to the fact that she's a child and can't work these jobs, or somebody will figure it out and put an end to it. But nobody does. Everybody is just so, like, impressed with her worth ethnic. That work ethic. Ethic, thank you. That she's just welcome everywhere, and she gets, you know, these high-ranking jobs, and everybody wants to employ her, and they want to promote her, and they want her moving up the chain, and giving her more responsibilities. 
And then, and, and meanwhile, she's sitting there like, I don't want yeah, to she, be working anymore. And she's been struggling to keep up with elementary school because she doesn't sleep anymore. It's middle school. Either yes. way. Uh, and then she finally comes up with this master plan to put an end to this. And it's the fact that her mother is extremely strict. And once she sees that she has an apartment and is working multiple jobs, her mom's going to put her foot down. So she has a housewarming party and accidentally invites her mom. Accidentally. Yeah. So the moment her mom shows up, immediately everybody's like, oh no, the party's over, we're screwed, blah, blah, blah. And her mom is so impressed that her daughter is working multiple jobs and has a nicer apartment than she does a house. (laughs) That she is so invested in her daughter's future by continuing to do all of the shit she's doing. Uh, yeah. So, so of course, the mom is like, well, I'll just let you go on and do your thing. The best part is the mom is just like, oh, if this is what makes you happy, sweetie, <laughs> I'm supportive 100%. And then finally, she's like, this isn't making me happy. I don't want to do this. And the mom's just like, oh, well, can you keep doing it anyway? Because <laughs> this is, like, a lot of money. <laughs> this, this is a lot of money. And, uh... We already changed your room into a study. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. I mean, I don't think they actually did, but... Yeah, so that's that's the kind of build-up that the show really strives on, and every episode is like that, and the continuity is amazing. Yeah. So, like, there's things that happen in, like, the first couple of episodes that stick through the story all the way to, like, the last episode. Yeah, like, uh first episode you actually kind of see um the the one girl like fighting all of the the shaolin monks or whatever and then of course in the i think second to last episode you know it's it's sort of a flashback so it catches up back to that so you see the entire scene of why she's fighting these shaolin monks also, I laugh every goddamn time with the one monk that goes, My smartphone! My smartphone! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's very important, okay? <laughs> Monks need smartphones, too. It's just the funniest thing! <laughs> so, actually, on that, um, I know it's not anime-related, but mm. I, I actually saw... Uh, an article that was talking about how modern Mongolians Mm -hmm. live with both old and new technology. So, like, they kind of live in their their old ways, but now they have Wi-Fi and motorcycles, which is actually really cool if you think about it. I feel like for a monk, that would have to be some kind of, like, training, because the whole, like, philosophy of the monks is that they have to be, like, of sound mind and the, that that's uh with celibacy like do you have any idea how hard <laughs> it is for them to not touch themselves for three years <laughs> and now they have the internet exactly <laughs> it's even harder ah! they also have to be like really really calm and see the world from multiple perspective multiple perspectives and uh become like super understanding and i feel like that's impossible with social media oh it is um it, it's it's I don't know. I feel like social media leans towards, you know, like... Chaos. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Basically. Uh, especially depending on social media. <laughs> Tumblr! <laughs> yeah. 
all social media, Tyler. Don't even do the cough. It's all social media. Okay, that's it's fair. It's all garbage. <laughs> uh, I need to check my Facebook soon. <laughs> Make sure you guys follow us on Instagram. Yes. I'm... Uh, speaking of Facebook, let's do a quick plug. Quick plug. Um, well... I guess we do have, like, the, the group. We do. We have a new Facebook group. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go go check us out. Uh, I think it's the uh, Cracked Brain group. Mm-hmm. So look for Cracked Brain or look for Kawaii Cast. Yeah. So uh, it is a closed group, so I believe you do need invitation to be accepted. But, I mean, if you guys are listening to us and you guys are listening to this plug right now, then I don't see any reason why you guys can't be part of the discussion and talk to us about our episodes and stuff, so... Yeah, of course. Uh, we will probably accept most requests. Uh, we'll probably monitor those, so don't be a troll. <laughs> yes, um, trolls... I mean, I'm, I'm a troll myself, but, like, d- depending on the level of troll, you might... Yeah. You know. Yeah, just behave, uh... Just great discussion for things that we talk about in the episode or things that you guys want us to talk about in future episodes. Of course. And, of course, you know, there's always uh, Instagram, at KawaiiCast. Yeah, go check us out there as well. Uh, I see that Tyler's been getting at least ten likes on every post. Have I? I haven't yeah. been paying attention. Yeah, you've been doing really well. Okay. Yeah, especially, like, some of your personal posts. Oh, I just, like try to be silly to be honest yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's really all it is like i i just like showing off some of my shenanigans yeah which is great so that's that's the positive side of social media yeah yeah so uh speaking of build up like what makes good build up in anime uh i mentioned that mob psycho 100 probably does this better than any other anime and i straight up mean that uh mob psycho 100 has some of the best comedic like pacing and build up ever out of anything I've watched. I Mob Psycho's not a comedy anime, but it has genuinely made me laugh harder than it really should have. Uh One Punch Man does that as well, but I feel like Mob Psycho does it a bit better. And uh the best example of Mob Psycho doing this was the episode where he decides he wants to join a club because he wants to be a normal teenager. And that's part of, like, his training with, you know, his psychic mentor is that he needs to learn how to become, like, an ordinary kid and live an ordinary life. And, you know, how to handle his psychic powers. So, fortunately, this lines up with another activity happening in the episode where the uh, psychic club has basically found out that they're going to be shut down unless they could get a new member. Because they have to have at least five members to stay an official club, and the school board has already found the replacement club to take over their classroom and that is the i think it's the body fitness club yeah yeah like kudos to them i'm sorry but (laughs) the body fitness club they are the real heroes of the show (laughs) like let's let's be real here they are uh so anyway so naturally you know following the typical anime trope you think well mob has psychic powers and this club is about psychic powers and they need another member, and Mob is looking for a club. Everything seems to line up perfectly. You know, that's just how the universe works, especially in anime. Uh, but ultimately, like, when Mob finally, you know, makes his decision, he decides he does want to be a part of club, but it's not the psychic club. It's the body fitness club. <laughs> yeah. He And it makes sense. I mean, the psychic club isn't even filled with actual psychic users. It's just... 
filled with people that just want to sit around and eat snacks and play video games all day. And Mob has had these psychic powers his whole life. He's not really an enthusiast. He was born with them. And he wants to join a club because he wants to impress the girl he's had a crush on, and she's not impressed by psychic powers. It makes complete sense that he wants to improve something about himself that is a weaker element, and that is his physical strength. So ultimately, it's more realistic of a choice, and it makes way more sense, but it's hilarious because it falls so out of line with the typical anime trope, and it, it spent the entire episode building up this idea that he was going to save the psychic club, only to betray them. Nope. Was, was there really no psychics in the psychic club? Yeah, they were not psychics. They're just or, enthusiasts. Oh, okay. Who who were the, the people that he got caught with, with the uh, the evil organization? Oh, uh, that was something that his brother joined. There was, like, an organization taking place in, like, an apartment building. Okay. That's training young psychic users on how to use their abilities. And they think that his brother is mob. Yeah. And so they ask him to join, and he hasn't unlocked his actual powers yet, but he realizes that, like, all the kids that are being All of the kids he's with are, like, psychic. But they're, like, super weak. Yeah. I mean, the the one who's supposedly a pyromancer is barely able to conjure up a flame big enough to light a cigarette. Yeah, basically. He's like a match. Yeah. So, and then... The one guy can kind of bend spoons. Kind of, yeah. And then the twins actually have probably the most powerful ability. They're uh, empaths, and they can understand each other's emotions from long distances. Yeah. Yeah, so I I really like all those characters as well. I mean, Mob Psycho is a lot of things. It's a great drama. It's a great action. It's a great character-building series, and it's a great comedy. So, and... Like, that's just something that you don't see done in anime very well, is just this whole, like, you know, takes, a, you know, the whole episode gets you set for, like, this expectations and then pulls the rug out from under you. And if you want something like that that's just going to make you laugh because it was just so unexpected and so quirky, uh, I would definitely recommend either Mob Psycho or Hina Matsuri, which does it a lot more. And I would put it on the same level, to be honest. Yeah. So that's that's build up. Build up is very important in comedy, you guys. Indeed. So and it makes me wish that Stefan was here because he does stand up and could probably explain this a bit better. <laughs> stand up is hard. Yeah. You have to stand there and talk. You gotta be funny. I know. Fuck. Ugh. Ruins our whole dynamic. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, like, um, Something like Konosuba, I feel, also has some good build-up. It does. Um, like, like um, when Kazuma's stuck in jail for, I can't even remember what crime he committed. <laughs> it doesn't even matter, really. But, but uh, Aqua and Megumin and Darkness decide, oh, let's break him out. So they go to, you know, like... Like, break him out, and Aqua's sitting there, like, talking to him through the the barred window. <laughs> and she's like, here, use this to pick the lock. And she, like, tosses a, a hairpin or something to him. <laughs> and he, he kind of, like, looks down at it, and then he looks over at the lock, and he's like, this isn't going to work, because 
then it looks at the you you pan over to the lock and it's a combination lock. <laughs> like, of course that's not gonna work. So he just rolls over and goes to sleep. I think my favorite build up uh, episode in Konosuba is the one where they have to purify the lake. <laughs> that one's so classic. They just like basically put aqua on in a cage on yeah. wheels. Well, because they find out that Aqua can't has the ability to purify the lake, but the uh, problem is, is that she has to stay in the lake for a certain amount of time in order to purify the whole thing, and she has to be touching the water the entire time. But there's a lot of monsters and demons in the lake. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that like, will rip her to shreds. Giant crocodile-looking things. Yeah, and they're gonna rip her to shreds if she sits in the lake for too long. So their solution is they're going to put her in a cage and they're going to stick the cage in the lake so the monsters can't attack her, but she's constantly touching the water. Oh, yeah. The best part is they're dragging her through town in this cage. She's throwing a fit. They toss her in the lake and she is screaming and panicking and just chanting the spell to her heart's content. And freaking out, and finally it's like, they... It's like af- after a certain amount of time of her dragging her through <laughs> the cage, you know, in the cage, up to the lake, they get her in the water, and she just sits there like, oh my god, guys, really? <laughs> and then the cage starts getting attacked by the crocodile monsters. Yeah, she just screams, she's like, she's... purification, purification, purification! <laughs> like, trying to hurry up the process. Yeah. The best part is, like, immediately afterwards, uh, they pull her out of the lake, and they feel so bad about what they did. They tell her that she could keep the entire reward. And so they go to let her out of the cage, and she crawls back in, and she's just like, the outside world is dangerous. (laughs) The cage is the only safe place. (laughs) So they have literally traumatized her. Uh, It's it's okay. It's just Aqua. (laughs) But yeah, they... They literally traumatize her, and then when they actually do get the reward, because they rented the cage, (laughs) it's so damaged, they have to pay basically the entire reward to pay off the damages of the cage. (laughs) But the lake is pretty now. That's right. They have drinking water. Monster free. That's right. Yep. I think uh, the cabbage harvest is another great episode that's just a classic. Yeah. Where uh, they're all out there just fighting these flying, bouncing cabbages. Like, yeah. <laughs> what, what, what is the story behind the cabbages? <laughs> it's just the annual harvest. <laughs> the annual harvest. Is that for every harvest? Like, do they have flying pumpkins? No, they're a cabbage town. Oh, okay. <laughs> it seems very seasonal. <laughs> I also really love how, like, certain jokes will go on through, like, several episodes, like, the, like, evil, like, source or whatever, like, cursing Aqua. <laughs> or no, but cursing Darkness. So that way, like, she'll die in, like... Yeah, she, she volunteers herself to be cursed. Yeah. <laughs> and she's gonna die in, like, a week if they don't bring her to the castle and fight him fair and square. And that's the only, like, situation where he will like remove the curse and as soon as he's out of eyesight aqua just removes the curse right away yeah she's like oh oh, by the way i'm technically a god i can just do this yeah and the best part is just like episodes later he comes back and he's like it's been a week 
You guys seriously let that poor girl die? She was like the bravest person in your whole town. What's wrong with you? And she just comes out of nowhere. And she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so classic. Konosuba is so good. Konosuba is so good. Uh, they did announce a movie and season three for that. Did they announce season three? Yeah. Oh, yes. I'm so excited. <laughs> Don't know when. But season three has been confirmed. I am totally excited. So uh, um, I'm also really excited for the movie. Hopefully it'll be 2019. Hopefully. Because then it'll be a good year between my season two and a movie of Don Machi mm-hmm. and my season three and a movie of Konosuba. Like, these two series are so good. So good. I love them. Guys, I'm canceling the podcast. Tyler's way too happy about all this, all right? Thanks for joining. You you don't understand, because you haven't seen Don Machi. (laughs) I'm going to get you to watch it. We're canceling the podcast, you guys. You already agreed to it. (laughs) I know I did. So, on the other end... uh, you know, Konosuba does something else really well, and that would be the timing. Also, a character comedy. Like, Konosuba's all about, like, these super, like, very, very, like, personified characters. And you, like, every time they do something, like, silly or funny, it's like, you're shocked, but at the same time, you really shouldn't be, because that's just who they are. Yeah. Another anime that recently came out that we've been enjoying that does that really well as well is Asobi Asobe. Asobase. Asobase. We've been pronouncing it wrong for like three episodes. Yeah? Yes. Asobi Asobase. Okay. I've, I've heard it called Asobe. Yeah. Okay. No, you're right. The way it's spelled, you're right. Yes. You've been mispronouncing it. I apologize, you guys. I apologize to the entire Japanese community for my poor pronunciation. I apologize to no one. Because you're an American? Yes. Okay. Well, uh, the thing that this anime does really, really well is it establishes who these characters are right off the bat. You have the extremely strict girl who's really, really good at games and is willing to punish people for losing games. You have the uh, fake foreigner. <laughs> yeah. Who's a bit self-centered and kind of rude. Like, really rude. Yeah. Uh, she's rude for the sake of being rude. She's kind of a bully. And then you have the idiot. The, the rich idiot. The rich idiot who wants to be popular. <laughs> That's right. I don't, I don't think joining this pastimers club is the way to go and be popular. Who's... Also very self-centered. Yeah. Like, she wants to be popular, but she judges everybody. She's, like, the most judgmental person ever. If a girl wears makeup, she calls them a whore. (laughs) Yeah. What a slut. So this anime does almost the exact opposite of Hinamatsuri. If Hinamatsuri is all about building up, this anime is all about just hitting you with the comedy non-stop. It feels like a bombardment sometimes. Like uh, when they're doing their their board game thing. Yeah. <laughs> and every square is a punishment. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the punishments is like 
do anime poses or whatever yeah to their to their teacher and <laughs> and so so one of them does like the the whole sailor moon like transformation like in the name of the moon i will punish you thing and the one does and, and, and the teacher's just like wait how did they know i was a fan should i <laughs> play along i also love that the teacher is like a low-key otaku yeah like, uh, there's one episode where he's trying to use his detective skills, and the entire time it's referencing Conan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy, Conan. <laughs> you even see a silhouette of Conan, like, right next to him. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> Good times. The best um, part is, like, because uh, they're trying to convince the teacher that uh, the girl, the foreigner girl, peed. And that's why there's liquid coming out from under the door. And he actually licks it Ugh. to find out that it's water. <laughs> right. Like, uh, okay. Why? Just just why? Uh, also, one of my favorite moments, it's just because it's so great and just kind of shows off each character and, like, the how bad they are or how far they're willing to go to win. And that was the one where they play a game where they have to see who could kick their shoe off the furthest. <laughs> yes, that one's fantastic. Because cause they're doing it with, like, an opposing club. Yeah. You know, to see who gets, you know, rights to the room of a club, <laughs> you know, or something like that. Yeah, and it all starts off pretty fair. Like, the idiot girl uses way too much momentum and her shoe just goes straight up instead of actually going far. And, like, lands two, three feet in front of her. Yeah. And then... You know, the second girl, she actually kicks it fairly decently, but kind of the same as, like, you know, the other girls. But then the foreigner girl decides to cheat by using a swing and uses the swing to kick it, so she sends it flying. And so finally the uh, president, the, the the president of the other club decides comes rolling in on a bicycle, like, down full speed, downhill, hits the end, kicks off her shoe. Starts flipping and rolling and ends up with, like, several fractured bones. Yeah. You, you find out in, like, the next episode that she ended up going to the hospital. Yeah, that she was homeschooled from that point forward. Yeah. She wins the contest, which means that their club gets the rights to the classroom. However, since she's now being homeschooled, uh, the club is now taking place at her house. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> so the... The past moral of the club? story is <laughs> injure your opposing club members. Yeah, if you can't win, uh, if you can't win them, beat them. That's right. <laughs> if you can't beat them, beat them. Yep. <laughs> but it's it's kind of amazing how much like they take these really simple like character personalities. And they work with it. It's just, it's so good. They're all such horrible people. There's also, like, a constant running joke that the foreigner girl, Olivia, that her, she has really bad B.O. Yeah, like, uh, in the latest episode with the, uh, I think they titled it Gotta Catch Em All. And she's playing a phone app where she catches a bunch of different bacteria yeah and it's it, like pokemon go yeah but with germs <laughs> and it shows like where where these germs are and one of the things is you know like the uh one girl scans the other girl and there's big exclamation points like on her, her armpits, armpits. 
I think the funniest one was uh, the rich girl. Uh, one of like her like folders or whatever. It's like from her favorite like idol band or whatever. They they scan that as like they her scan prized it as possession. Like, it's like fecal bacteria. Yeah, and they're like, did you poop on your folder? <laughs> oh. And they find out it was like her. It's like, her cat like yeah, rubbing his cat. ass against it. She just thought her cat was being like cute. <laughs> like rubbing his ass against it. And then, of course, what does she do? Because it's her favorite idol boy folder. Rubs it against her face. Yep, she rubs it against her face. <laughs> I also love that, like, her, like, servant or butler or whatever he's supposed to be. He is so loyal. Yep. Uh, doesn't he have, like, a laser in his asshole? Yeah, he, he's... Apparently, in one of the episodes, he was abducted by aliens, and they put a laser in his asshole, and so he can shoot literally, like, lasers... You know, that, that damage houses and shit out of his ass. Yep. And he can't get a job because no job will hire him when you shoot lasers out of your ass. It, it took a lot of control, okay? He, he couldn't control it at first. Yeah, so uh, the rich girl's father ended up hiring him because he didn't like seeing him on the street. And so we don't know what his job exactly is, but he helps raise the rich girl and he shoots lasers out of his ass. Yes. <laughs> Comes back from an earlier episode mm-hmm. where they revealed that he has a laser in his ass. I think that was all the same episode. Was it? Yeah. I think they did it all in one episode. Maybe it was. Yeah. Okay. Makes so. sense. Uh, there is one episode, though, where he decides to build the rich girl like her perfect boyfriend. <laughs> it's just a robot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would... That robot was so creepy, though. Like, no wonder, you know, she she didn't want to have it as her boyfriend. (laughs) If if you're looking for perfection, guys, trust me, you do not want your ideal. Uh, Well, what made it creepier is that it was the butler and the girl's grandfather who recorded the voices. And oh. came up with all the dialogue and yeah, stuff. Yeah, they came up with all the dialogue for it. Yeah, oh, that's... and it was the boy's voice was a combination of both their voices. <laughs> so, at, at some point, they uh, the the rich girl beheads the the <laughs> robot right as the serious girl walks in. Yeah, and like, um, I didn't see a thing. It's also revealed that the serious girl is a Fujoshi. Fujoshi. Yep, so she writes hardcore uh, yaoi fanfiction. Uh, oh my. And I think the best part was, like, the rich girl, acts, like, she opens up the uh, serious girl's laptop when she's not around and she reads it. Yeah. And it's so awkward because she just doesn't know how to respond. But, like, the serious girl catches her, but the rich girl doesn't know. And so she's, like, trying to, like, ask the rich girl, like, what she thinks of it without telling her that she knows that she read it. Yeah. And she can't tell her because it's horrible. (laughs) That's why you don't write hardcore yowie in middle school. (laughs) That's when everybody writes hardcore yowie, though. Oh. Well, damn. Adults don't write hardcore yowie. They write softcore porn. Oh. That explains a lot. Yep. <laughs> so, I mean, 
these are just both such good shows. Uh, like I said, the comedy is almost polar opposite of each other. But they're both just so good. If either of them take comedy of the year, I'd be happy. I I push for either of them with comedy of the year. Yeah. Uh, if I had to choose between the two, I would probably choose Hina Matsuri. Same. Just because I really like the buildup. Yeah. Like, Asabi Asobase is absolutely fantastic, and it's a 10 out of 10 recommend for the season. I tend to prefer more, like, you know, making me feel one thing and then pulling the rug out from under me kind of humor. Another great uh, character comedy that came out this season, though, and it's another one I recommend if you have Amazon Prime, would be uh, the new Grand Blue Fantasy anime. The diving anime. Yep, the diving anime. All the diving. Actually, none of the diving. <laughs> but we can say it's a diving I, there's anime. There's not a lot of diving in it. No, there isn't. Uh, this one is more of a situational comedy. Yes. I think uh, what it did that's kind of unique is it brought the idea of, like, frat boys into anime, which is something we've never seen before. I'm not going to lie. I didn't know frat houses were a thing in Japan until this anime came out. I honestly didn't think they would be either. Like, yeah. It's, it's such an awkward thought. Mm-hmm. But, well, I'm not going to complain because it gave us this anime. Right? I think some of my favorite jokes, like, this is another one that uh, works really well in the build-up. Uh, my favorite episode is when, like, he asks the club members to help him, like, decorate his room. <laughs> so that way he could go drinking with them that night. So so he asks them to decorate it the way that a, a mature, college, mature college student would. So their first idea is to lay out as much porn as possible. Yes. Like, every square inch of this guy's room is covered in porn. They've even got it on the ceilings, like, posters of girls on cars and shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And they come into the room, and they're watching porn. Yeah. No, that was the best part. Like, so the girl that he's supposed to try to impress sees it, and she's like, uh, I gotta go call my friend, you know, because she has, like, a friend that basically just helps her understand, like, college boys or whatever. <laughs> And so she goes to talk to her friend, and he's just like, Oh, you guys need to get rid of all of this. I want it all gone. And was like, Oh, but I was going to let you pick your favorite one as your housewarming gift. And so they all sit down, and they start watching the he's, porn he's, again. He's just like, My man, I'll, I'll accept your gift. <laughs> and then the other girl comes in that he has, like, a crush I, on. I think the best part about that, though, is you... They end up watching it, and you can tell it's American porn. Yeah. Because... Like, you you hear the sound effects, and it's all in English. Yeah. <laughs> the best part is, like, the girl he has a crush on walks in, because she, you know, has, like, a little housewarming gift for him, and apparently his response to when she walked in was, you can watch this with us if you want. <laughs> Would you like to watch it with us? Yeah, would you like to join? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's the thing you want to ask your female roommate. So then he immediately gets mad at them and tells them, like, please redecorate it, uh, do it like a college freshman, and they're like... But we only know one college freshman, and it's the otaku guy. Yes, the otaku who is into idol girls. Yep. So how... The high school girls. High school girls. Yeah. But, I mean, to be fair, he redecorates the room, and it's all idol girls. Yeah. So... Uh. So again, the girl walks in. Not impressed, she walks out. 
he's like, no, I want the exact opposite of this. And he's like, the opposite, huh? <laughs> Comes back with the girl that he's supposed to, like, try to impress. And it's all and it's boy all love. And it's all boy love. <laughs> Which uh, then, she's oh like, my. I need to go call my friend again. <laughs> And the best part is he goes to get mad again, and then the two guys that originally decorated his room are now watching boy love porn. And and they're even <laughs> critiquing it. They're, they're like, critiquing they're, it. they're sitting over there like, oh, I didn't expect this to be this good. Yeah. No, I didn't realize he was into this. <laughs> uh, what adds the, to all of this is that we, in like two or three episodes two, three, later, we meet the friend. Yes. Who she comes now... from another college. Yeah, an all-girls school. Yeah, she's she's part of the diving club there. So and she's it's like basically an, a frat boy. So it's like an inter-college thing. Yeah. And she's she's also just like the guy. She's willing to drink and get naked. <laughs> mostly naked. Yeah, mostly naked. And uh, she is now convinced, because of the phone conversation she's had... That the that, main character is bi. Just like her. And yeah, that's... and she tells him, she's like, I'm so happy to meet somebody else that's bi just like me. I don't know anybody else like that. So, so... And so now he can't tell her because the only reason she wants to be close to him is because she thinks he's bi. Yes. And then, of course, because she thinks he's bi, she tries pairing him up with the otaku yeah and that's actually partially his fault because she asks him what type are you what type he's into like oh and that's the only guy he can think of yeah he brought that on himself (laughs) because she's like i know what type of girl you're into but what type of guy are you into (laughs) so she's constantly trying to hook them up he's into american girls obviously (laughs) with the porno Uh, it's so great. <laughs> it is. Watch, go watch Grand Blue if you have an Amazon account. Yeah, it's great. It is so good. Uh, again, I just I wasn't expecting it. I would not be sad to see it get nominated. I, I wasn't know what I was expecting with that anime. To be honest, like <laughs> I I heard diving anime. Yeah, the first time I told you about it, I think you were expecting me to like introduce you to one of my like pretty boy love sports anime but then like how long did it take you to get into it like 10 seconds (laughs) yeah it was pretty immediate um and and that's that's the great thing is like i said i was expecting some sort of diving anime and i'm i'm sitting here thinking okay well i kind of like diving i've been Mm -hmm. interested i just i haven't done anything with it i'd like to but but yeah like it uh, it started playing and it starts off with like this very like you know, slice of life thing. Like, ah, yes, I moved back, you know, to my uncle's, you know, out by the sea. Out by the sea so I can go to college. I'm excited to see what my college life has in store for me. And as soon as he opens the door, it's just naked men everywhere. (laughs) And then he immediately closes the door. Like, I did not see this. Yeah. Close the door in hopes that when you reopen it, everything will be normal. I think my favorite part is like, he opens it, closes it the opening song plays and then we cut back to him opening again hoping everything's gonna be gone like he waited (laughs) through the opening song yeah just to see if anything would change nope in fact it might have been worse i'm pretty sure that was intentional because i think the timing on that 
works so much better than if he had just opened the door, closed it, and then opened it again. Yeah. The fact that we got that opening song between that transition was just, it worked so well. It did. It was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and it that's another uh, case of build-up, where, again, we kind of feel like this typical anime trope, just like, ah, yes, I'm excited to see my new life in college, and then we immediately get hit in the face with something funny. Yeah. Something that just we weren't expecting, and then that, like, quick door close just immediately, like, closes that joke. It just works so well, and I'm like, build-up doesn't have to be an entire episode. Build-up could be something as short as that. But that's why, you know, it really is about, like, the build-up and the timing. You gotta know how much is too much and how much is too little, and is this joke going to read or translate uh, and just to kind of give, like, kind of a bad example of, like, humor, just because I started watching this, and it's not anime, but I kind of feel like it's been a big topic when it comes to, like, online forums right now, especially revolving around comedy, and that is the new Netflix show Disenchanted. Disenchantment. Disenchantment, thank you. Um, now this one is a Matt Groening. Yeah. Uh, production, so think Futurama, think Simpsons, yeah, that kind of thing. But in the past. Yeah, but and in a fantasy world. Yeah. Um, I think maybe I laughed twice in the first episode. I didn't laugh at all in the second. I didn't even get it's, a chuckle out of me. It's, it's amusing. It's not... Funny. Huge laughs. Yeah. Like, you know, like uh, a lot of the humor either feels like they're trying to repeat some Futurama jokes. Like, there's some jokes that literally feel like they were lifted from Futurama, but were timed very poorly. And then there's other jokes that have literally no buildup. Like, they tell you the punchline, and then they keep pointing out the punchline. Like, see, that's the joke. So you're supposed to laugh at that. Yeah. See, you um, think that's funny, right? And then it feels like it's just missing a laugh track, you know? Yeah. Matt Groening is not great with those, to be honest. Um, he, he, it's it's just like with New Simpsons. Mm-hmm. You know, no offense. Like, I'm I'm not saying they're bad series at all. No, not at all. But uh, Matt they just... Groening is a very, very talented person. Yeah, exactly. But with, with his cartoon series... Um, most most of the time the jokes aren't like huge laughs you know yeah. they're they're kind of funny you know well, like even... en- enough to enough to keep you watching but it's not enough to really make you you know laugh out loud well and here's the thing Matt Groening a lot of people think like Matt Groening they think like oh man he does all of this stuff himself and the fact is that he really doesn't like uh, he mostly just is put in charge of a big team and he oversees like a lot of production from multiple people. Like the first couple seasons of Simpsons back when they was like at its peak had about 13 different writers that changed out. Uh, Matt Groening was always on the writing team along with at least one other person. And some of those people have gone on to be like some of the bet- you know better names. Uh, one name that sticks out for most people is Conan O'Brien got his big break writing for the first couple seasons of Simpsons. And a lot of his episodes have been deemed, like, the best episodes. And it's, you know, because he's just really good at that, like, idea of, like, timing. Like, a lot of his jokes don't really need explanation because he builds up to them. 
you think it's funny because, well, you were there. Yeah. You know, it it kind of feels like an inside joke between you and the characters. Uh, Futurama does its jokes really well because it's so situational. Like, I know you mentioned that some of your favorite lines from Futurama typically come from Zoidberg. The reason- Zoidberg has amazing one-liners. And, yeah. and I think it's because he just, he says these lines... You know, he he never really has uh, a buildup of them. You know, there's there's a couple so episodes. Situational. There's a couple episodes that are Zoidberg centric, but those ones aren't his funny lines. Yeah. You know, whereas all of his really funny lines come from like other other characters will be interacting, and then Zoidberg will say something, and it's it's just comes well, kind of out of nowhere. Well, and that's buildup. Yeah. Actually, like I think one of the best examples. Uh, is when they're eating Bender's food and they're complaining about how salty it is. And he's just like, hey, that's just below the lethal dosage of salt. And Zoidberg immediately and falls like, oh, I shouldn't have had seconds. <laughs> and that line delivers so well because the buildup won. Everybody's complaining about the salt. Everybody's spitting it out. They're refusing to eat it. Second of all, we get the buildup that, you know, Bender's just like, hey, one serving's not going to kill you. And then following up with Zoidberg saying that not only did he eat the disgusting food more than once, but he's likely going to die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Zoidberg. And that's what works so well in Simpsons and Futurama is that they they put you in these situations where it's like, people don't need to explain it. It's just funny. Disenchantment doesn't do that. Disenchantment, like, they tell you a joke... And then they make sure that you understand that joke. And then when you don't laugh at the joke, they tell you like, "Hey, remember that joke we said like five minutes ago?" Well, remember here's that a part joke two. we just said five seconds ago? Yeah. Well, no, they'll they'll bring back the joke later in the episode too. Like, uh, there's one joke where when they walk into the forest, there's a sign that says, "Beware of racist uh, antelope." And then later in the episode, you, there's the, a racist there's an antelope. antelope that comes by, and he's like, "A human on an elf? That just ain't right." Yeah, and it like prances off. Yeah, first of all, like the racist antelope's not really that funny of a joke. It's kind of funny because it's, the sign is kind of in the background. You don't notice it, so when you finally do catch it, like, oh yeah, that's no, no, it's kind of uh, silly. I agree. The <laughs> sign itself is funnier than the actual antelope. Yeah, and then the antelope comes back again later, like. It just, it's it's not great. Like, yeah. It, it gives you zero buildup, and it gives you the punchline, and then it tries to do the buildup afterwards. And it's like, you, you can't do it backwards, you guys. And, and they're still in their first season. I heard, I haven't finished, I heard the last two episodes actually did really well. I Yeah, I, I did like the last two episodes. Uh, so hopefully, if there is a season two, they've, I'm a, I'm assuming there will be because it it leaves off on a cliffhanger for one, for two on on the menu of Netflix it says hey watch part one yeah it really rubs that part one in your face yeah uh, another thing that's kind of problematic is the fact that like the main character Bean is just always kind of getting shit faced and drunk for no reason other than hey alcohol you know and we like alcohol but. You know, Simpsons played a lot on the alcohol idea is the fact that, like, Homer's a bad father. So he 
he drinks, and a lot of times drinking is a part of his character, and when he's getting drunk, he's drinking for a reason. He's not getting drunk because, hey, beer, which he does in the latest seasons, but we've mentioned the latest seasons aren't that good. Yeah. Uh, Futurama, when the characters are getting drunk, it's usually because they're terrible workers. Uh, a lot of the time, like, one of the best episodes is when they're making beer in Bender. You can't make beer in, in a company property. <laughs> And it's just like, it's this great build-up, but then anytime Bean and her friends are getting drunk, it's just, there's not a lot of reason to it. Like, I guess it's because she's a princess and it's not princessly to get drunk, but yeah, it kind of just feels more obnoxious than anything. Like, God damn it, can, can you at least, like, give us, like, some kind of, like, reasoning or build-up to the drinking? Like, is the drinking going to cause her to do something, or lead to something else like even the episode where like she gets high they're just getting high because she just feels like getting high like yeah no i i agree like you said it's it's kind of enjoyable it's not huge laughs yeah so i that's that would be my example of like what not to do with comedy and why like the two things that i keep repeating are so important and it is rare to see anime actually do that well i mean Usually, anime will have some kind of, like, main genre, and then comedy will be some kind of subgenre. You know, similar to the way Slayers did it. Slayers is an action uh, fantasy series first, comedy second. Yeah. And its jokes are great. It was definitely one of the funniest anime of, you know, my childhood, and I still laugh at the jokes today. Part of that has to do with how amazing the dub is, because... Watching the Japanese and watching the English, do you realize that a lot of the humor really did come from the English voice acting? But ultimately, it's just, it's a fantasy action anime first. Well, it's just like, uh, like Trigun, you know, kind Mm -hmm. of the same thing. It's a sci-fi action, but then it has its comedy moments. Yeah, absolutely. Especially, uh, the Neko. Yeah, the, the Neko, the, the black cat that's just shows up in every episode for no goddamn reason. <laughs> he's so an Easter egg. It, it, it got to a point where in every episode you just kind of look for him. Yeah, he's like the snail from Adventure Time. Yeah, but but like in that one, you know, you get uh, like even early on when you have uh, what are their names? Millie and the other girl. Meryl. Meryl. Millie and Meryl like trying to track down Vash the Stampede and they immediately pick, like, the most, like, gruesome, horrible, ugly person that they could find. And they can't believe that this moron is actually the real Vash. Yes. And and so at one point, they're running away. You know, they're, they're trying to basically bribe Vash the Stampede with donuts. <laughs> and, and so at one point, they're just, they're running away, you know, on their, their horse, bird, things i don't know even what to call them yeah. they're weird but they're running away and they've got their you know donuts and the real vash has has stolen a box of donuts and he's just <laughs> eating them and running with them at the same time yeah. like oh these are great <laughs> <laughs> and the best part is that like it's so unexpected that this idiot could possibly be vash that, that is the constant theme of meryl's character is her just not buying it yeah like, that's her big character arc, is, like, there's no way this guy is Vash the Stampede. <laughs> of course not. Someone that ridiculous? 
And the best part is they're not bounty hunters. They're not out for a reward. They're literally working for an insurance company. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, what's what's their whole reasoning? Something about, like, uh, working with the insurance company to... Because Vash causes to, so much collateral cause... damage. Yeah. They basically want to keep track of him so that way they can uh, report what damage was actually caused by him versus damage that was caused by outside resource or outside conflicts. Yeah. So that way people can't scam the insurance company by claiming that Vash destroyed their house when he wasn't involved. Yeah. That's basically it. They, they want to tr- monitor him so that way the insurance company can get accurate information. Which... On, on the surface seems ridiculous and stupid, <laughs> but you get into the show and it's like, okay, yeah, I can see why. Also, you would think, why would you send, like, these two women to go do that, but actually they're, like, kick-ass fighters. Oh, they're totally awesome. I love those yeah. two. <laughs> like, they can both handle themselves in a gunfight. Yeah, what with... Who is it? Millie just carrying the huge Gatling gun, like, mm-hmm. under her skirt. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And then Meryl having, like, just a ton of, like, one-shot pistols. Yeah, she has her entire cape lined with, like, derringers. Yeah. She's just, like, and she's fast with them, too. Just pop, 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 pop. Yeah. It's in- it's insane. There's one scene in the first episode where they go to get water from a bar, and these men try to harass them, and, like, they start with Millie, and immediately, like, the gun breaks off its strap and just lands on the guy's foot, <laughs> and they end up accidentally kicking this guy's ass <laughs> yeah she, millie's just like oh oops how did that happen yeah. like <laughs> like she completely unintentional so she's completely honest about it like oh my goodness i'm sorry i didn't mean for that heavy ass gun to break your foot yeah <laughs> she's like it's the darn strap just keeps breaking oh great times i get like i feel like the english dub really builds on that yeah, um, really surprising, uh, with Trigun, it, it did kind of come from an era where the English voice acting was kind of bad, mm-hmm. but the English voice acting in that anime is actually quite good. Yeah, uh, Trigun and Cowboy Bebop, opinion. yeah, Trigun and Cowboy Bebop were both anime that kind of saved anime, because they were so popular in the West, that they basically helped fund, like, a lot of the animation companies in Japan. Mm-hmm. Like, Japan was basically kind of, like, on a crisis with anime. Like, nobody was really watching it. The West kind of saved it. Woot woot. Yeah, so they started making more anime that would be targeted towards Western audiences because, well, people liked them. Yeah. You know, and they, things they like... They had an audience here. Things like Trigun and Cowboy Bebop, they were... They were westerns, done in anime. Yep, they so worked super well. I think Outlaw Starfoot's in that as well. It does. Yeah, it's so. it's kind of a space western. Yeah, like all three of them are space westerns because they all actually place. they are all aren't they? Yeah, they're all sci-fi westerns. Space western, yes. Which is why uh, one of the most popular AMVs to ever happen was a crossover between Cowboy Bebop and Trigun's called. What was it, like, jelly-filled donuts or something? Uh, something like that. Yeah. It was, it was a good AMV. I have it mm-hmm. on a DVD somewhere. On a DVD somewhere. Yep. I didn't realize they put AMVs on DVDs. Uh, a lot of anime conventions used to do that. Oh, okay. Yeah, where they'd give you, like, a free DVD just filled with, like, AMVs. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, it was kind of neat. It is kind of neat. Yeah, I think I got that one from Anime Bonsai. Good old Anime Bonsai. Yeah, so... Uh... Trying to think of any other, like, major comedies that have come out. Uh, every trash harem show ever is kind of a comedy. Mm, I guess. I mean, I don't know anybody that watches Aramanga Sensei for the plot, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 watched for the lols. Yeah. And, and that's basically it. It's... I think that stuff falls more into, like, the meme culture. And I would say Pop Team Epic falls into that as well. Pop Team Epic is so far into the meme culture. I will say, if Pop Team Epic takes best comedy of the year, I might actually rage. Yeah. I love Pop Team Epic. It is not the best comedy. No, not not at all. Uh, Pop Team Epic is something you watch to turn your brain off. I think Pop Team Epic is... Like Shin-Chan. Yeah. Uh, Shin-Chan actually has a pretty good build-up, though. Uh, I might talk about that in a second. Okay, but... Kay, but- yeah, go ahead. Uh, Pop Team Epic is kind of proof that I think society is kind of losing what makes good comedy. And that we're kind of replacing that with this idea of, like, meme culture. I think we've become so used to, like, you know, the vines that are funny and YouTube channels. and Yeah, the, the internet has changed humor. Yeah. In ways that you, you wouldn't necessarily expect. I would say if, uh, like, Hinamatsuri is the stand-up comedy of anime, Pop Team Epic is the Vine of anime. Yeah. So, and it's not that I dislike Vines or dislike Pop Team Epic. I think they're absolutely great, but I I might actually rage if it wins comedy of the year. Like, it's, I would barely consider it an anime. <laughs> It's it's funny. It's not top top uh, anime or top yeah comedy anime. I guarantee funny. it's gonna be nominated. Yeah, I'm sure. So and I mean, it, it has some really great jokes in it. Like uh, some of them are a bit like language based. Like when they're on the airplane and the stewardess. The keeps stewardess asking, is like, like beef, beef or, chicken. or chicken, beef or chicken, and and because. Japanese, what is it that that sentence? Yeah, it basically uh, makes it sound like she's saying, "Do you have beef with me, chicken?" Yeah. So. So so she gets all offended, and her her friend basically has to stop her from going enraged and beating the shit out of the stewardess, and you know basically ordering for her like beef. Yeah. You know. No, she has to tell repeat question like, "Do you want the beef or do you want the chicken?" Yes. Because yeah, uh, I guess because of the way the sentence sounds in Japan, it it literally sounds like slang for like, "Do you have beef chicken?" Yeah. So, uh, one that I don't think a lot of people got culturally. Uh, the one thing Poppy Epic did surprise me on was the fact that the second half was different from the first half. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that either until you mentioned it because yeah. it's it's 30 minutes per episode but, only but it's divided but content. it's divided into 15 minutes and so between the two it's it's like the exact same thing um animation wise between the two yeah so but but with the second half is it's voiced by all males or something yeah, right it's all men yeah yeah 
So so the the lions actually changed slightly. The funny thing, uh, an American YouTuber actually got a voice act for one of the episodes. Really? Yeah, it was the episode where uh, like it takes place in America as like the American kid or whatever that's trying to like grow up to impress his family and he ends up like joining like the mafia or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the American narrator was voiced by a YouTuber. That's hilarious. So I, I didn't know that. Yeah, he also did uh, one of the like title cards, the Pop Team Epic. Okay. Yeah, so that's pretty neat. Like, I guess he was approached at like a convention or whatever, and he mentioned that he does voice acting, and so they got him onto the show. All right. That's... And that's in the original Japanese. Not that's not the dub. That's actually the original sub. Yeah. So um, that one was that one one that was a simul dub. So it's like yeah, they that... they did the the Japanese. And then a week later, they released an English dub. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of anime is going that route, especially popular anime. So I think Hinamatsuri was simul-dubbed as well. I believe so. So I don't think Asubi Asubase has been, though. No. So. Um, it's it's kind of weird how they choose which ones to do it with. Uh, I, I guess it's just pick... I guess it's just the ones that they, they think are going to be... Uh, popular. Yeah. I mean, my anime list is a pretty good reference for stuff like that. Yeah. Um, oh, look. It, oh, hey, it is. Uh, it is simulcast. Hey, I didn't realize that. All right. Well, now we know. Yep. Cells uh, at Work is actually pretty funny. Cells <laughs> at Work is so good. Um, uh, okay, yeah. Actually, yeah. I, I didn't realize Chio's School Road would be simulcast either. I don't know what this one is. Uh, I kind of told you about it. I think last episode. Um, it's it's the show where the girl Chio, her her main objective is to get to school on time. Oh, and, you did tell me that. And every episode is different random shenanigans of her trying to get to school on time. Okay, so that one's a comedy as well, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Um, it's it's definitely a comedy. Like I said, I've only watched the one episode. I didn't hate it. I just I didn't love it either. Yeah. It was it was amusing. Was it just not funny? It, it had its moments. It just yeah. wasn't enough to keep me interested. I see. Personally. So uh, I don't want it to go over too many like bad examples, especially because I haven't seen this one, so I can't say if it has good if it's a good or a bad example. But yeah. Um, parody anime. Parody anime. Like, like Gintama. Gintama is finally ending. It is finally ending. Uh, what I have seen of Gintama has been absolutely fantastic. I've only seen screenshots of it. I've seen clips. Because... Uh, I think probably the clip that stuck with me the most was the one where the guy, like... There's, like, a monster or something. It's, like, a plant monster or something. It's supposed to be, like, really ugly. But he's supposed to be, like, seduced by it. And, like, the more he, like, talks to it, the more attractive it becomes. It eventually becomes, like, a, skew- a cute high school girl in his mind. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> That's but so But to awkward. everybody else watching the scenario, it's still, like, really ugly looking. <laughs> that is so awkward. So it's like he just becomes more and more attracted to it. And so we see it from his perspective that it goes from being, like, this ugly, horrendous monster to being, like, this cute girl who's just like, Senpai. Senpai like, noticed me. Yeah, uh, it's just, it's ridiculous. Uh, 
I've also seen a lot of the Gintamas like OPs, which bring up a lot of like obviously popular pop culture reference, like uh, DBZ, Bleach, and One Piece are used numerous times. Uh, same with Naruto. Yeah, it like I said, it's it's very parody, and it's not even parody of any specific genre. It pretty much parodies everything. Yeah. You know, and and it's had episodes where it parodies the the uh, like high school, you know, drama, the hot, you know, and just everything between shonen to slice of life. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Gintama, that's one that you should watch if you don't have a job or go to school or have social obligations. It's, or... it's one of those ones you should watch if you can burn through 600 episodes in a it's month. It's so long. <laughs> it is so long. But it and, is ending! And, and that's the surprising thing about it to me, honestly. Like, I hadn't really heard about it until... It was so far in, right? Until it was so far in. And yeah. then and then when I did hear about it, I'm going, Oh, I might check this out and I go and find out that it's, it's already so at six hundred episodes or something. I'm going I don't got time for that. Yeah, it's it's managed to stay at the top of the uh Shonen Jump list for a long time. Yep. So it's nice to see that it's going out on its own terms as well. Mm-hmm. So I might check it out eventually, especially now that I feel like it has it has an ending point. So it is possible to catch up on it. Yeah. Um, like I oh, said, oh, I was gonna mention uh, Shinchan. Yeah, Shinchan. Uh, Shinchan is. Oh, this 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 is what I was gonna say. Shinchan is that show. It is the South Park of anime. It's it's that show that if you want to kill brain cells <laughs> watch more than two episodes at a time i've i've marathoned a lot of episodes of shinchan i'm i'm sorry <laughs> i it's it's actually really funny uh, i think what makes it so funny though the it does have like a certain like script it has to follow but for the most part as far as like j- the jokes go the dubbing team was given free range because a lot of the jokes really are strictly for Japanese audiences. Like, they're not going to translate well to English. So when the English directors were given the script, they were told you can change as much of it as you need to as long as it still basically has the same structure. And I think one of the best examples was the episode where their house blows up. So uh, some kind of crazy accident happens and their house explodes. So they manage to find an apartment where they can all stay... They get all their stuff in, they start settling in, and their apartment explodes. I was gonna say, yeah, I remember that episode. Yeah, and the best line in the whole episode is Shin-chan turns to his dad, he's like, I wonder what else is gonna blow to- or get blown tonight, and he's like, probably not me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, like I said, it is funny. Like, don't get me wrong, (laughs) it is absolutely hilarious, but me watching it, um... After after two episodes in a row, you know, you you get onto the third episode. I could almost feel my brain melting. It really is like South Park. Like if you're the kind of person that can binge watch South Park, you could probably binge watch Shin Chan. Yes. If you cannot watch too many episodes of South Park in a row before you start to feel numb, you probably will feel the same watching Shin Chan. Yeah. 
another anime that really excelled in its comedy because of its dub was one that only was successful because of its dub, and that would be Ghost Stories. Ghost Stories. <laughs> of course. This is the YouTube of anime. Oh, it is. It is so terrible um, that in in the Japanese, it was so bad that they basically just sold it to an American company for practically nothing. Yeah. You I know, told them you could they, do whatever they you want almost, with it. They almost gave it away. Yeah. And and they just said, you know what? Do whatever we want with it. Yeah. And so naturally, what did they do? They did whatever they wanted with it. Yeah. They literally like chose it to be like their joke anime. We we still need to have a marathon of this. It's one of the few anime that I don't think they even put copyright like licensing on. Like you could watch the whole thing on YouTube. And they don't remove it from YouTube because they just don't give because a shit. Because no one cares. Like, it was that bad in yeah. Japanese. Like, they they literally don't care if you pirate this anime because they got it for nothing. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't encourage piracy, but I, this is one they really don't care about. The money's not going back to the studio. Mm, yep. The money's not... Like, you, you buying the DVDs isn't helping any industry... You probably can only buy it secondhand at this point. Probably. And I would say if you can, you know, you want to watch it, watch it on YouTube. I mean, you're not hurting anybody in that situation. Unless you can... The, the unless you could buy it directly from the dubbing studio, which would help just the dubbing studio, there's no reason to buy a legal copy of it. The, the dub is actually on... Crunchyroll as well. Is it? Yeah. Oh, nice. I, I, I looked. Um, okay, well, I didn't look specifically for that, but as I was looking through things, I saw it, and I was curious, so I went to see if it did, and it sure enough, it does. Yeah. So that's one that I wouldn't put, like, top category of comedy, just because, again, I feel like it's not really doing what comedy should be doing. It, it feels a bit more cheaper. It feels more like internet humor. But it is good for a laugh, you guys. Like... Yeah. And it just goes to show, like, sometimes the best jokes are just the ones where you gotta turn your brain off a little bit. So. That's right. It's not if, winning if, any awards. If jellyfish can live without a brain, so can you for three minutes. <laughs> for 30 minutes. For 30 minutes, yep. Uh, I... God, our phones are going off like crazy. I know. And there it goes again. Like, like they, they, whoever's messaging us needs to calm down. I know exactly who's messaging us. They do need to calm down. Yeah. But, um, um, on on that note, we are an hour and fourteen minutes in. All right. Uh, did, did you want to wrap up? I know you were saying you had something to talk about. Yeah. So I do have something to talk about. So I wanted to talk about comedy this week, but there was another topic that kind of came up, and I'm like, I didn't want to make a whole episode about it, but, uh. So, the anime community this week has been kind of crazy. Uh, yeah. And I think that might be an understatement. Yeah. Um, that's that's a lot of communities, though. Like, any... It's been... Not not necessarily this it's week. It's escalated. But whenever, whenever something comes up like this, it, it brings up a lot of controversy. It brings up a lot of people commenting... Um, not, not necessarily good comments, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it's just like, like non-constructive. 
Yeah. Like, uh, people, you know, like, you suck. And, and that's the comment. And I want to begin this conversation by stating that you are welcome to dislike things. Like, you are, you have a valid opinion. You're allowed to see something, even if it's just a small part of something, and decide, that's not for me. I'm not interested. I don't care about this. That's fine. You, nobody is going to force you to enjoy something that just isn't your cup of tea, you know? And nobody's even saying that you should have to give every single thing a chance. I know that we're raised off this idea of, like, how do you know you don't like it if you haven't tried it? If you don't want to try it, don't try it. So, uh, my biggest issue is the amount of misinformation that has been spread this week. And that that misinformation is causing a big stir in the community that is causing the community to become very divided. And is actually getting to the point where it could actually affect people's livelihoods. So I really wanted to clarify some of this information, clear the board. Uh, hopefully the people that do listen to this can spread some of the information that I am trying to share. Uh, we live in a culture where we have all the information we could possibly ever need in our pockets. Literally or in like our pockets. Like literally at your fingertips. Yeah. And it is amazing to me how many people do not check their sources. Do not check their information. They just get mad because somebody said something. And then they spread what that person said. And that what that person said becomes fact even though it's not fact. So I'm not going to out anybody. As much as I want to, I'm not going to because we're not here to out, especially entertainers. But I do want to say, uh, if you are getting your information from a YouTube channel or a podcast, even this one, make sure you are double checking your facts because we are not information like gatherers. We're not. We're here for entertainment. Yeah, we're, we're entertainers. entertainers. We're not researchers. We're not business majors we don't know as much about this industry as other people do we are here to entertain i mean tyler and i are always really good about double checking any of the facts that we spread sometimes we do you know get information wrong such as we've been mispronouncing an anime title for the last three weeks <laughs> yes. so we do make mistakes and youtubers are just as capable of that and I'm not going to name a specific YouTuber, but immediately, uh, just to kind of explain to you guys what the subject is, it is based off of Crunchyroll's newest anime that is coming out. Uh, um, they, they haven't... I think they've announced it for 2019. Yeah, they announced it for 2019. But, but the title is High Guardian Spice. Yeah. And a lot of people already have a lot of opinions on this. Like I said, your opinion on it is your opinion. If you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. If you guys are not happy about it, the fact that it exists, I'm sorry it exists. You know, so does Brussels sprouts. Just, just, so does broccoli. So just does, ignore it. Like, so literally. Does, you know, lots of terrible things, you know. Sometimes you just don't watch it. Like, you're allowed to hate it. You are allowed to hate it. Uh... I know a lot of people Just are Just because you hate it doesn't mean you're allowed to shit in someone else's Cheerios. Yeah. I do know a lot of people are upset over the fact that the... Basically, the trailer for it, instead of giving us information about the show, basically spent the entire time talking about the cast and the people working on it and 
boasting this idea of diversity and personally that's not my very cup of tea i feel like diversity should be something that comes naturally not something that's shoved down your throat yeah but for some people this idea that it is a show made for women you know by women is a good thing and i'm not gonna tell them that they're wrong for thinking that I'm going to check out the show because I like anime about cute girls and it might end up being good. If I gave Disenchantment a chance, I'm going to give this one a chance, you know? I'm, I'm, I'm going to check out the show simply because, well, I like checking out a variety of things. Yeah. Um, uh, the mis- that, that being said, what, what is some of the controversy behind this? So the biggest thing was uh, a popular YouTube channel immediately following the response to the you know announcement of this anime came out and basically started explaining why Crunchyroll is not a good service. And a lot of the information provided from this video has been sourced by a lot of people as straight up fact. When if you dig a little deep and you do some research and you actually look into the information that is provided to you as a public citizen, you find that a lot of the information from the YouTube video is either inaccurate, bias, or straight up wrong. And again, I'm not going to out the YouTube channel because that YouTube channel is done by an entertainer and that person is actually extremely entertaining and should continue doing the entertainment that they are doing, but I take their video with a grain of salt because the information is not correct. One of the things that they stated was the idea that an- like anime being created by American studios is taking money away from Japanese studios, which is what Crunchyroll memberships is boasting that it spent, you know, sends money to Japan to promote anime. A lot of people are now sourcing the idea that Japan's not getting any money from Crunchyroll. That Crunchyroll is basically supporting American companies, not Japanese companies. This could not be more false. Uh, just last year, the beginning, uh, an article written in February of 2018 stated that over $100 million has been sent to Japan in the anime industry since Crunchyroll became big less than a decade ago. That is a big deal. Uh, as I mentioned... Which but, which would lead to the creation of so many yeah. of these different anime studios that we have now. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a lot of anime studios, and they pump out a lot of anime, as mm-hmm. is shown even just by listening to us. Like, we, we cover... I, I think we cover a decent amount of anime yeah. every season, but... There's so much coming out, even between the two of us. We can't, we can't, watch, we it can't all. watch it all. And as I mentioned before, uh, during the time of uh, Trigun, Cowboy Bebop, and Outlaw Star, anime was kind of a dying thing. And what saved it was those series becoming big in the West. Western audiences have a huge impact on the anime industry. And when the streaming era began... That was when anime almost ceased to exist because websites that were dedicated just to streaming the big three, which was Dragon Ball, Naruto, and One Piece, became some of the most uh, trafficked sites in the anime industry. And those were all run by pirates. Like, the anime industry wasn't making money off those sites and they were getting more viewers than legal services such as Hulu and Funimation, which at the time were the two big ones. Uh, 
the only way the anime industry was making money in the West was through DVD sales, as TV spots such as Adult Swim and Toonami had been cancelled. And unfortunately, DVD sales, 50% of the sale goes straight to the store where you bought it from, and even more comes out from shipping costs, manufacturers, uh, there's so many middlemen between when you purchase the DVD and the money that goes to the studio. Especially buying in the West, a lot of the money that you spend on Blu-rays and DVDs do not plus make it all the way out there. Not plus, that I'm saying you shouldn't buy DVDs and Blu-rays because that is a good way to support the industry, but it's it's just one it, small way, and it wasn't yeah. enough. Plus, at the time, DVDs were expensive. They were, and they still I are. Mean, they still are. I mean, I I remember when the original Full Metal Alchemist series was coming out. It was like twenty dollars for four episodes. It was it was twenty bucks for four episodes. I pretty much collected every DVD. Yeah. Because like I loved the series. Yeah. But, you know, twenty bucks for you know, a pop for you know, eight to ten, you know, CDs, you know, it's like it, five, discs. That's yeah, it's like two hundred dollars. Yeah, that's that's a lot and that's of a money. one season. Yeah. Guess what? You get the whole first season of any anime you want on Crunchyroll. $8 a month takes about two months, two to three months for the entire season. Even if you're only watching one show, you're still spending, like, less than $30. Yeah. It's um, like 24 bucks to watch an entire first season where it was, like, 200 to get an entire first season when we were growing up. Yep. So... Uh, this idea that Crunchyroll is not supporting the Japanese community is already a lie. And people are like, well, they're sending money to American studios. They also send money to Japanese studios. Uh, Studio Trigger created an anime exclusive for Crunchyroll called Space Patrol Luluko. was absolutely fantastic. It was a Crunchyroll exclusive. Uh, Studio Trigger also did the same thing with uh, Little Witch Academia and Netflix. Yep, yep exactly. So, so so it's not, it's it really isn't just Crunchyroll. Like even Netflix yeah. is supporting these these Japanese studios. And as you mentioned before, uh, Crunchyroll tries to get every single anime they can, and the ones that end up getting passed over from Crunchyroll and sent to Netflix or Amazon, Crunchyroll still pays for it. Yep. So Crunchyroll pays for anime that they don't stream. Yep. So um, part part of that is like the uh, rights acquiring laws in Japan. They have to pay a fee up front to try to acquire rights. Yeah. Which I've mentioned in the last few episodes, I think. Yeah, you have. And not to mention the fact that not only is this one anime that is made in an American studio, but it's not Crunchyroll footing the bill. Crunchyroll, you're, you know, $8 a month that you're putting towards Crunchyroll is not going to this American studio. This American studio is uh, partnered with Verve. So, VRV? Yeah, so they're making money off of VRV subscribers. If you are watching Crunchyroll through VRV, you're already paying for American productions because you're paying for Bee and Puppy Cat and Bravest Warriors and Rooster Teeth, and you're paying for all of that stuff. So complaining that uh, your no. money is going to the American studios when you've already been paying for American studios is a ridiculous argument. Now, now speaking of that, with um, High Guardian Spice, it, it seems like looking at some of the images they have, the, mm-hmm. the art style is very reminiscent of, of 
uh, recent American cartoons. Yeah. Like Steven Universe. Like yeah. Bee and Puppycat. It's only being hosted on Crunchyroll because that's the only place that Verve has that it fits. But trust me, it is Verve fronting the bill, not Crunchyroll on this. Uh, Crunchyroll's also been hosting a lot of things that are fronted bills by other companies, such as uh, the like weird cop show that stars uh, Pro Z D, <laughs> which uh, uh, I'm pretty sure Pro Z D volunteered to do that. I don't know. I don't know how much Crunchyroll spends on that. Uh, the A Talk on Titan podcast, which people have complained about, why am I paying for this podcast? That is actually a uh, Verve staff. It is just being hosted on Crunchyroll since it is an anime topic podcast. It fits with Crunchyroll's dynamic. Uh, same with fan service fan from service, Rooster, Rooster Teeth. Teeth's anime Rooster podcast. Teeth is, yeah, Rooster Teeth is paying for that. Not Crunchyroll. Your $8 a month is not paying for fan service. Fan service is paid for by first members and advertisers that work with Rooster Teeth. It's just being hosted on Crunchyroll because, again, it's an anime topic and... Rooster Teeth didn't have a good spot to put it. It wasn't getting enough viewership through their first members. So they figured it will get more viewership if we put it on an anime-based service. Yep. And that's the great thing about these partnerships is they don't all have... Like, Crunchyroll doesn't have to pay for all this stuff. They can basically get free content that you do not pay for, but you can still enjoy. So the fact that people are complaining about this to me is absolutely absurd. Your money is still going towards Japanese industries. So if that is your biggest reason for wanting to ditch Crunchyroll, immediately I'm going to shut that down because you also look at Netflix, as you mentioned, and Amazon. They do send some money to get licensing for certain animes, like Little Witch Academia is a great example. But mostly Netflix and Amazon, their target audience are people that already are subscribed to them that just happen to like anime. Yep. Nobody is subscribing so to Amazon exclusively for anime. So, so the the biggest thing with High Guardian Spice that I have seen is a lot of people complaining that it's full of like the staff is full of social justice warriors. Yeah, and I'm not gonna talk too much and, on this. And, and I'm, I'm not gonna yeah, like I'm not a big fan of like one of the women in charge. I don't know if she's like the lead person in charge or if she's just one she, of people. She's charge. one of the writers, and no, I agree. Like I'm I, not a I fan didn't. Of hers. I didn't know about it until actually one of our friends pointed it out. Yeah. That she's she's had questionable, well, Twitter posts, whatever. Doesn't yeah. matter. And and while I don't necessarily agree with what she has done, like she she could very well be a, a fantastic writer, and that's why they brought her on. Yeah, and a good um, example of cases like this, uh, I think Orson Scott Card is one of the worst people in the world. I yeah, I, was, I love Ender's Game. I was gonna bring that up. Ender's Game yeah. is definitely one, if not my favorite book, ever. Yeah. Um, I don't agree with Orson Scott Card at all on just about anything he says, but he wrote a damn good book. Yeah. You know? Well, and the creator, like, one of the lead writers, I think the writer of the manga uh, for MMO Junkie, I think, turned out to be, like, super racist. Yeah. Um, there was even... a big controversy with that. And same with Roroni Kenshin. Yeah, Roroni Kenshin. He turned out to He's be... He's a pedophile. Uh, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so the the writer, the creators, they can be terrible people, but they can still produce good content. Yeah. 
you know so so basically what i'm saying is before you just you know write it off as oh this is a terrible person you know they 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 we shouldn't support them like you you are allowed to enjoy what you're allowed to enjoy you can enjoy mm -hmm. their content without agreeing with that person exactly i completely agree with that uh another thing that kind of is this a bit smaller thing another thing I mentioned on that video i was talking about against crunchyroll is the idea that their subtitles are awful uh <laughs> And there are times when they do make a lot of, like, errors and stuff on their, uh, like, subtitles. Uh, fan subs aren't much better. <laughs> Especially because a lot of pirate sites will actually rip the subtitles directly from Crunchyroll videos. Uh, yeah. The one thing that I do wish Crunchyroll would do, and something that I do encourage fans to bring up with Crunchyroll, is the idea of updating their subtitles, because... Sometimes they do need to be updated. Uh, same with updating their video quality. There's, there's, there's been a few times where watching an anime, um, it'll skip, yeah. like a subtitle or something. You know, it'll, it'll be playing and it'll have half a sentence on the screen, and you, you kind of read it, and then that sentence goes away, and you're expecting the rest of it to come up, and, and you're still out. hearing, you know, the the character speak, and the rest of the line never comes up. Yeah. So you're kind of sitting there wondering, like, wait, what what did they say? Yeah. And it's not very often, but there there's been a couple instances. Yeah, and I do wish that Crunchyroll did have some more like feedback panels, like on their website or through their company, that they could get those things updated. Same with when their series get updated to Blu-ray. Uh, one of the big controversies is the idea that by the time the anime comes out on Blu-ray, the animation, you know, quality has improved a lot. Yeah, they've, like, finished everything up yeah. rather than just so rushing do, to get it out. I do wish Crunchyroll would update their videos with the new footage as opposed to keeping the original, like, streamed footage. Uh, again, I feel like Crunchyroll definitely needs some feedback forums, definitely needs staff that are on top of that stuff and are willing to fix problems with their site. Uh, they definitely need to update their video player from Flash, which really only affects the website. If you're using the app, it's actually not affected by that, but the Flash player is really awful and needs to be updated. Uh, but the one thing about the subtitles that they did complain about, like on the video, that is a bit of misinformation, as I mentioned, just do your research a little bit, was the idea that JoJo's uh, subtitles are censored because they're not allowed to include uh, names of bands, even though the characters specifically say those band names out loud. Uh, this is actually not a fault of Crunchyroll. This is actually a fault of the FCC. <laughs> so this, I hate the freaking FCC. Yeah, so this is actually an American issue that Crunchyroll cannot work around, and the idea that Crunchyroll has not gone as far as to actually bleep out the actual names of the that the characters are saying, or to change dialogue actually shows that Crunchyroll genuinely does care about their content, but are kind of have their hands tied by the government on what they're allowed to include in their subtitles. So if you yeah. are complaining about the fact that subtitles are censored in JoJo's, unfortunately, that's just something that you have to deal with as an American consumer. And again, a lot of fan sub or a lot of pirate sites will literally rip these subtitles straight off Crunchyroll and post them on their pirate websites. There's not a lot of reason to complain that one place is doing it and the other place is not. 
at least they're keeping the loyalty of letting the characters actually say the names. Any other censorship you see in JoJo's, such as the shadows or the lack of gore, all that, that's actually censored from the original Japanese version because Japanese censorship is actually very strict. Strict in a different way, though, too. Yeah, like, very like, strict in a different like, way. But. Like, American censorship can be pretty strict as well. Yeah. But again, it's it's strict in an entirely different way. Yeah, so I do want to point out, you guys, like, yes, we're here as entertainers. So if you hear, like, a YouTuber or a podcast give information about an industry or how things are working or the production of a show or anything like that and it gets your feathers ruffled, just do a quick Google search. Double check the information. We we are not always right. There's definitely stuff that we're wrong about, and that's why we do encourage people to try to communicate with us as much as possible. Uh, Please do. Please talk to us. Like, absolutely. Yeah, we... We try to be as informative as possible, especially since I did major in animation. I like to give you guys information about how things work. I'm just a fan. Yeah, and I I try not to mislead any information because I don't want you guys quoting me later and then spreading a big fuss. This whole week in the anime community has been nothing but mob mentality. I'm really hoping it passes. It's it's been pretty intense. Um, Obviously, it'll it'll pass. You know, yeah. when the next controversy arises, that's that's just how things are. Yeah. But and I would love to see Crunchyroll improve, and I'd also love to see Crunchyroll get some competition. I mean, like Tyler and I were both on board with supporting High Dive when we thought that it was replacing Anime Strike, but unfortunately, uh, Amazon con- continued to push through with their anime contracts, and High Dive kind of took a dive. High Dive, actually, it's it's still getting some content that it other is. services aren't. Um, would, if you guys it's, would It's like, kind of cool. Um, definitely check it out. Yeah, um, if you guys would like to see Crunchyroll get some competition, pay for services like that. They're brand new. They're they brand have, new. They are cheap. Like, yeah. High Dive alone is... It's like, like $4 four a bu- month. Four bucks. bucks. Um, yeah. if, you, if you lock it in now... As long as you pay for that service, you will pay $4 a month for as long as they're in business, no matter what their their prices rise to. Yeah. Like, they've, 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 they've been uh, advertising it as such. Yeah. And I know a lot of people, especially in this country, believe, like, oh, I vote with my wallet. It is true in certain ways. Canceling a subscription isn't necessarily going to hurt Crunchyroll as they've already dictated that 90% of the people that watch Crunchyroll content do not pay for a subscription. Most of their money does come from advertising. Uh, If you want to pay with your wallet, I would say just pay for companies that are trying to start up. Yep. It's the same way as how the indie game companies have overtaken the AAA gaming companies because people just pay for it. Pay for High Dive. Check it out. Uh, buy more Blu-rays and DVDs because that, even though it is a little less money, it does send money back to all the middlemen and the animators. Uh, don't support pirates because pirates do nothing but hurt the industry. They I know. Take money away from it. Yeah. Anyways, I know it's tempting. Honest, honestly, I think that's enough preaching. We've done preaching yeah. before. So let's let's just cut it off there. All right, shall that's we? fair. Yeah. So, <laughs> Google, go.
Google everything, you guys. Google everything. So. Anyway. Uh, how do we want to end this? On, on that note, is, is there really anything else we need to discuss? Oh. Uh, I think that's about it, right? Yeah, I'm still watching Persona. <laughs> still. I'm I'm sorry. I'm pushing no, through I'm, it. I'm kidding. Uh, it's it's okay. It's it's gotten better. Um, so so I'm thinking, let's let's not do an update of what we're watching every week. Yeah, that's fine. Let's do every <laughs> other week since we did it last week. Won't bother. Yeah, no, we'll be fine. Yeah, All right. So, uh, sorry for preaching you guys at the end of the episode. Hopefully you stuck through it. Uh, definitely go check out the comedies that we mentioned and give us feedback as much as and, you guys can. And, and there's plenty of other comedies. Check them out too. Yeah. Uh, on that note, uh, thanks for listening. Right, bye. Bye.